1: Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays. I certainly am perfect weather here in uh, the Nashville area. I'm about to go out and pick up my kids from school, but we've got a lot to dive into. And we start off with a fabulous weekend of college football action also, NFL action, the outkick picks are on fire for the NFL, not doing so well in college football, we will be up for big noon kickoff in Knoxville for the Kentucky-Tennessee game. We basically have got our schedule, I think, barring major upsets set for most of the rest of the year. So here's where we're going to be. I'm going to be on the road uh, at uh, Kentucky-Tennessee. And then this game has now been announced as the CBS lead kickoff for 3:30 Eastern. Potentially, if both teams take care of business and win as double-digit favorites, you would have number one Georgia going up against number three Tennessee in Athens on November 5th. Uh, we will be there with uh, with uh, the, our, our road trip for the big noon kickoff show. Then I am planning to be in uh, in in the Grove, one of the most beautiful places to watch a college football and tailgate anywhere in the country for the Alabama Ole Miss game, then theoretically uh, in Kentucky for the Georgia Kentucky game, and then I think we're going to finish off the regular season on the road for uh, Ohio State, Michigan in Columbus, Ohio for that one. And then I'll be in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. And then I will take a big breather. So that's my college football road trip schedule as it sits right now for the rest of the year. I'll be on the road for the final six or seven weeks, whatever the number adds up there uh, that I just told you all about. So we are 15 days out from the midterms. I will give you the midterm update here momentarily. But first, let me tell you my top 10 As we come up on Halloween, I hope all of you are having fantastic uh, Halloween approaches. We are having the annual Laura Travis Halloween party at the Travis household. Well, she does a good job of putting this thing on, uh, and uh, we are uh, looking forward to that. I'm sure many of you are as well. My kids are super excited. All right, my top 10. This is my top 10. Up in the starting 11, my outkick top 10 that I do entirely based on on on-the-field results. I've got Tennessee number one overall. I've got Georgia number two. Uh, To me, Tennessee and Georgia have the best two wins on the year in college football. Tennessee beat uh, Alabama. By the way, that LSU win on the road by 27 looks pretty decent after LSU took down undefeated Ole Miss. I've got Georgia with the second-best win on the year in college football. Beatdown, they put on Oregon in week one because Oregon hasn't lost since. I've got Ohio State and Michigan at three and four. Alabama at five because I believe Alabama would beat anybody else in the top 10 right now. Clemson, I've got at six, even though I have not been very impressed with Clemson. Put it this way. I don't think Clemson would be undefeated if they had played Tennessee's schedule. Just kind of putting it out there. I don't think uh, that Clemson would be undefeated if they had played Georgia's schedule. We'll see how uh, Clemson does going forward. I've got TCU at seven. TCU's been the most impressive team in the Big 12 so far. Remains undefeated. Oregon at eight. Big win over UCLA. Oklahoma State at nine. And USC at 10. That is my top 10 right now. What about my SEC power rankings? Well, I gave you several of them. I've got Tennessee one. Georgia 2, Alabama 3, LSU 4, Ole Miss 5, South Carolina 6, Kentucky 7, Mississippi State 8, Texas A&M 9, Arkansas 10, Florida 11, Auburn 12, Missouri and Vanderbilt representing the tail end of the SEC right now as I look at the overall landscape of college football in the SEC and in college football in general. Want to give a shout out. Impressive job. University of Tennessee fans raised $85,000 for a UT Martin football player whose family lost their home in Hurricane Ian. They put up a GoFundMe and Tennessee fans raised $85,000 for that UT Martin player. Tennessee fans rapidly developing a reputation for doing good as a fan base, despite the fact that sometimes they can, admittedly, drive uh, <laughs> drive people crazy. Uh, we've got Bears Patriots tonight. I gave you out this pick on Sunday as part of the outkick six pack. I am on the Patriots. I think that the Bears offense. Bears offense feels like it's been awful forever. Um, I think the Patriots are going to stifle them at home. Patriots will handle this one. And so uh, I am on the Patriots to cover the number. I gave it out to you at seven and a half. Uh, Some big takeaways from the NFL weekend that was. Joe Burrow's back uh, and playing really, really well as the Bengals won. I think, was that their fourth straight win for the Bengals? Uh, Feels like it. Fourth straight. Something like that. Four out of five. Cowboys. Cowboys. Dak Prescott comes back. They started off slow, but got an easy win over the Lions. My Tennessee Titans now own the Indianapolis Colts. I never would have believed it. You've probably seen over the years, especially if you're from Indy, as I know many of you are. uh, I couldn't, the Titans could not beat the Colts. They never beat them. Mike Vrabel has now beaten the Colts six of the last seven games and five in a row. And the Colts have now benched Matt Ryan, for the remainder of the year and replaced him with Sam Ellinger. So it appears this may be the end of Matt Ryan's career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now he had a shoulder injury and you could see that shoulder injury happen during the Titans game. Uh, Titans put some big hits on him Uh, but Matt Ryan has now been benched. This may well be the end of his tenure as an NFL starting quarterback. We'll see exactly what Matt Ryan wants to do going forward. Uh, but the Colts uh, now going with Sam Ellinger. Panthers got a huge win over the Bucs. Something's wrong in uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who now have fallen to three and four. Tom Brady is a shell of himself. I don't know how much of this has to do uh, with the fact that he's potentially getting a divorce from Giselle. But this entire offense is just not making plays. Only put up three points. Couldn't score last week either. Uh, basically, the Panthers have traded away their entire team. They traded Christian McCaffrey, as we discussed on this program. Uh, and boom, they come back and win 21-3. Giants? Are the Giants for real? They're 6-1. and one. Got a tackle at the one-yard line against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have returned to normalcy. I think the Jags have lost. Have they lost five in a row now? Didn't the Jags start off 5-0? I think they did. Uh, and they now, have, or sorry, 2-0. and They've now lost 5 in a row. Jags falling back down to earth. Giants 6-1. and That NFC East race, maybe it's actually going to be interesting after all because certainly you have the undefeated Eagles. You have the 6-1 and Giants. This is going to be a fun chase to watch. Ravens got past the Browns. Jets took down the Broncos. The Broncos are a mess offensively, no matter who their quarterback is. Raiders took the Texans out. Seahawks. Seahawks are one of the best stories right now in the NFL. They're in first place in the NFC West. Geno Smith out of nowhere, wildly outplaying what uh, Russell Wilson has been capable of doing for the Broncos, even when he's healthy. Uh, Congrats to Geno Smith there. Uh, Chiefs, what do you know? Christian McCaffrey starts. 49ers, I think, made their decision to go after a Super Bowl because let's be honest, The NFC doesn't look very good right now. There are lots of teams that feel like they could make a run, whereas the AFC feels completely stacked. Chiefs went on the road and just put a beat down on the 49ers, and the Dolphins, with Tua back, uh, got a win on Sunday night. Football, that is everything that is going on uh, in the NFL. I watched So You Didn't Have To. Uh, Right before we were about to do the Clay and Buck show, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas uh, went on. Uh, With the, I thought it was pretty crazy went on with the ladies of The View there were hecklers there screaming at him they had to go to commercial break and try and get rid of the hecklers but this to me is emblematic of where we are as a country, right? It's one thing to disagree with someone it's another thing to argue that that person doesn't have the right to even share their opinions and that is the argument increasingly adopted by the left wing in this country. I give credit I really do I give credit to The View for being willing to have Ted Cruz on, even though the vast majority of the women on that program disagree with the opinions of Ted Cruz. I have said before, I think Buck Sexton has said the same. I would go on The View. Like, I would talk to an audience that may not be aware of who I am or what I represent. I'd have a good time with them. If people want to yell and scream at me because they disagree with my opinions, so what? People yell and scream at me on my opinions on everything. Look, people say, hey, uh, you know, you do more politics now than you used to because you got the biggest radio show in the country, which is primarily focused on politics. And that's true. And they say, well, how does that compare with sports? And I say, you realize that sports is made up of direct teams, right? And people take it personally when you pick somebody to beat their favorite team. People don't say anything meaner to me at all now. Then they used to say when I would pick Auburn or Alabama, the other side would be furious at me. Look, when you have talked about SEC football for a living, as I have, when you have written about SEC football for a living, as I have, there isn't anything that people are going to say to me that is worse than what I have heard over picking teams. You think talking about who's going to win a Senate election is tougher than talking about who's going to uh, who's gonna win a big rival game in state. Give me a break. People are way more fired up about the rival games. In fact, one of the most common things I get now is people of uh, uh, different fan bases who say all the time to me, I used to hate you when you would just talk about sports, but now you say a lot of things that are sane. Like, think about how crazy we are. I'm like the only person in sports who will say, yeah, dudes shouldn't be able to compete against girls in girls sports. Did you see this story from over the weekend of the volleyball match where they have a grainy video, but a dude who has decided to identify as a woman is playing women's volleyball and he put a girl in the hospital by jumping up over the top of the net and spiking the ball with such uh, such power. And the coach of the women's volleyball team said he'd never seen a ball hit that hard in 40 years of coaching women's volleyball. This happened in North Carolina. So all these people out there saying, hey, are you paying attention? This is just exaggerated. There aren't uh, men deciding to compete against women. This hardly ever happens. No, no, no. It's going to happen in your school district. It's going to happen in your daughter's competitive division. This is going to happen everywhere. And it's crazy. And it's completely bonkers. And I am the only person with a substantial platform in sports who is even discussing this issue at all, even though it's an 80-20 issue. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic parents don't believe that dudes should be able to compete against women. And yet, everyone is just pretending it's not happening and that there isn't a biological difference. Men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. That's just the reality. Bigger, stronger, and faster. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment.
0: Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS-56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS-56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Um, so, which ties in. I'm going to get to the poll uh, analysis here in a minute. But I just want to say this. Think about this for a minute. We know that inflation is at a 40-year high. We know that in many states, cities, communities, crime is at a 21st century high and has skyrocketed since 2019. We know that the border is more wide open than it has ever been before and that there are more illegals coming across the southern border than has ever occurred before. On inflation and the economy, on crime, and on the border, Biden's a disaster. We also got the latest data coming out on school closures and guess what? What I said was going to happen that kids' overall learning ability was going to collapse, that remote schooling was not a, re- a real tangible uh, a replacement for in-person schooling, that we needed to have every school open and that every student all over the country needed to be in class in person or we were going to see massive results to the negative. Guess what's happening? All these test scores are coming out now and in reading and and in uh, mathematics, according to the data that came out, we saw the biggest drop ever. And in states that were shut down longest, the impact is more severe. This was imminently predictable. And the irony here is that the party, Democrats, that claims to care about equity was responsible for the least equitable outcome in any of our lives, which was that the poorer you were, The less likely you were to have Wi-Fi or laptops at home or the ability to get great learning from remote schooling or be able to afford your own tutors and everything else, the more likely you were to be kept out of school. It was indefensible, it was wrong, and Democrats cheerleaded it, and they have now been proven to be totally incorrect. And don't allow them to do what the New York Times is still trying to do, which is blame COVID for the learning loss. In fact, I want to read you this opening paragraph because it is so frankly unacceptable that we could have ever ended up in this situation. The opening paragraph from the New York Times says, U.S. students in most states and across almost all demographic groups have experienced troubling setbacks in both math and reading according to authoritative national exam, according to an authoritative national exam released on Monday. Offering the most definitive indictment yet of the pandemic's impact on millions of school children. So, opening paragraph, note what they're trying to do here. They refer to it as the pandemic's impact on millions of school children. This was not the pandemic's impact, this was our choice to respond to the pandemic by shutting down schools. The choice, we made that choice. COVID didn't mean that schools had to shut down. Many countries in Europe never shut down. Their kids did not stay home from school. Democrats, left-wing mayors, left-wing governors overwhelmingly made the choice to shut down schools. This didn't happen because of COVID. It happened because of Democrat policies. You need to remember that as you are prepared to vote in 15 days from now, or maybe you're already going to do what I did which is go early vote and go ahead and get it taken care of in case you end up out of town or having difficulties uh, with, uh, with being able to get the vote on election day. Go ahead and take care of it in advance to make sure that you don't have this situation emerging. Okay, uh, we are 15 days out. You guys know that I like to look at the polls and I also simultaneously like to be considering what the betting markets are saying. So, as I am speaking to you right now, uh, Democrats remain in very bad shape. They are likely to use lose the uh, uh, House. In fact, right now, Republicans are around a minus 1,500 favorite to win the House. That means that you would have to bet a lot of dollars in order to be in a position uh, where Republicans win, uh, lose the House. In other words, Democrats retain the House. Massive underdog there. Republicans have moved out to around minus 200. About a you know two out of three chance to win the uh, to win the Senate, and that is because Republicans are surging in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Georgia, in Nevada, and in Arizona. Right, Those are the five states that are really in play. If you believe that Democrats are going to win in Ohio, you are able to win a lot of money right now on that race. Tim Ryan is going to lose to J.D. Vance I think quite comfortably. Uh, In North Carolina, if you believe that North Carolina is going to end up a Democrat pickup, you can also make a ton of money in that seat right now. Ted Budd Is a substantial favorite in that race as well. Okay, so this race is coming down to five seats. Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson has opened up such a big lead in the gambling markets that effectively they are telling you this one is over. In fact, I'll give you the current dollars uh, amount in uh, the gambling markets if you were out there and you're like, oh, I think Senator Ron Johnson is going to lose okay? Senator Ron Johnson, incumbent senator from Wisconsin is right now, according to the gambling markets, and by the way, great thing about gambling markets is if you think the gambling market is wrong, you can put your money where your mouth is and get out and vote uh, with your money. Uh, So right now in Ohio in the Senate race, uh, let me get you the, uh, the latest on the Ohio Senate race here in a moment, but uh, in Georgia, nearly a dead heat. North Carolina, Ted Budd is minus 800. So you can make over 4-1 to one odds betting on Sherry Beasley. J.D. Vance is minus 900 right now in Ohio. Means you can get 5-1 to one on Tim Ryan. And Dr. Oz is favored in Pennsylvania as well. Ron Johnson is out to minus 900. All right, so there are now in Wisconsin uh, and in... Uh, and in, uh, in, in, in Pennsylvania, two different Republicans favored. Uh, you have right now in Nevada, Adam Laxalt is a pretty substantial favorite to flip a seat. And then you have effectively two toss-ups, Herschel Walker and Blake Masters. In other words, the board of the Senate favors Republicans, there are a lot more places where they could potentially make a move. The only Republican seat, according to the oddsmakers right now, 15 days out, that is unclear is Pennsylvania, where uh, Fetterman, I think, is going to have his campaign effectively in tomorrow because he's not going to be able to have a very good performance. Meanwhile, in Arizona, Cary Lake and the governor's race surging. Brian Kemp is going to win in Georgia. Ron DeSantis is going to win in Florida. Uh, We're going to see Greg Abbott win comfortably over Beto in Texas. I also think Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, as I just mentioned, Arizona are all going to flip. I think there's a very good chance Christine Drazen is going to win in Oregon. In other words, we are seeing a red wave. The only question is, will it become a red tsunami and sweep in guys like Lee Zeldin? That is where we are 15 days out. There were, by the way, polls that came out uh, from CNN that favored Fetterman in uh, Pennsylvania. I don't buy CNN's polls. They were 10 points off in the most recent iteration. But guess what? If you do, you can get somebody like John Fetterman as an underdog now to win in Pennsylvania if Dr. Oz wins that race, effectively, the door is closed. There is no pathway to winning the Senate in uh, uh, in the 2022 election for Democrats. All right. I love all of you. I got to go pick up my son, my second grader here. Get ready to go get him at school. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. I will see you guys tomorrow with all of our programs off and running. Thanks for hanging.